Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast with me, Conor Whiteley. Psychology student and international best-selling psychology author of over 30 psychology books, bringing you the latest psychology news, fascinating psychology topics and more each week. If you want to learn more, then please check out connorwhiteley.net forward slash books. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube video or follow on your favourite podcast app. And here's the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 201 of Psychology World Podcast with me, Colin Whiteley. And today's episode is on why do we need to see a poor psychologist with lived egg experiences. And it is the 22nd of April 2023 as I record this. So today's episode is a really fun, quite really effective podcast episode. Episode taken from my chapter of my brand new book, Clinical Psychology Reflections, Domune 3. And the reason why I really wanted to, to actually pick like this reflection is that psychologists with lived experiences of mental health conditions are really important, really valuable to our profession. And I've actually seen some quite disgusting stuff that's basically blaming them and basically trying to push them out of their profession at times. So I want to sort of like reflect on this, explain why I've seen and why these people are really, really important and why we need them in the profession more than ever. So you've got that to look forward to in the content part of today's episode. So moving on to the psychology news section. So for the first time in 201 episodes, I actually wanted to change it up because normally, as you know, I read from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. Today, I actually want to talk about something that I sort of found on Twitter and I was a bit, and and I was commenting on like quite a lot. So this week in the UK, The Guardian, which is one of our newspapers, quite a good one, I think. Won't have a headline of revealed 250,000 children denied NHS help for mental health issues. Of course, they say issues, I say difficulties, but that's different terminology. So basically, quarter of a million children have been denied access to mental health support on the NHS, which is our um, free public healthcare system. And I found this because I was on a Twitter and CAMS, which stands for Children and Adolescent Mental Health Services, was trending on Twitter. Now, any Twitter users know that mental health and basically anything psychology related never goes trending on Twitter whatsoever. So with the fact that this actually was got me interested. So I commented on like quite a few posts like on it, and the reason why I'm actually covering this in like the um, news article is that yes, this is basically brand new news, but it's also what people are saying about it, which I want to reflect on and comment on. So Dr. Julia Grace Patterson on Twitter said, "Please don't blame CAM staff for the enormous problems. Patients are being failed." was what the government has done to the NHS 
and staff are doing everything they can to keep patients safe and yeah so i said i completely agree to that and that is really seriously true though because the nhs is filled up with so many great doctors nurses mental health professionals that really are working and trying to do the best they possibly can under the pressure they are because there's lack of funding even though if you ask any psychologist or anyone who works in the nhs the real problem is that 50 percent of the nhs staff aren't frontline staff and like there's tons of managers and basically there's tons of money being spent away on different positions which don't really need to be there so that's one side of it and that's the side that people need to realize that the staff are doing everything like that they can and that's why clinical psychology or to be honest any form of psychology that is a public facing can be really hard because of course you're bound by a public sector budget and a public sector pressure and that can be really really hard at times because someone else said on like twitter i'm surprised the figure is as low as 250k i used to be a, a secondary school head of year and it was virtually impossible to get a, a cancer appointment even for cases of repeated suicide attempts and serious self-harm much of the support fell to me the stress was horrendous so i said to that any number more than zero is disgusting and i do agree because let's face it 250,000 children is seriously low for CAMS because if you live in the UK if you've done clinical psychology in the UK then you realize that the mental health system CAMS is basically on its knees it's basically it's basically crippled because of well weapons like government funding different government initiatives that just have not worked <laughs> and i think some of them are quite funny like at times but um that's a whole different like podcast episode but the cam services these critical services are just under pressure pressure really really badly and the fact that mental health services are under so much stress that they can't even see um appointments for like serious self-harm and repeated suicide attempts that's wrong and that's actually quite staggering and that's really really concerning so there's just two more tweets which really do show the other side of it from in like instead of this being from a like professional side and like a school teacher or a psychologist it actually shows it from um, a person like themselves as someone with lived experience so it really does tie into today's episode so someone else said, why is this a, a top story? It's been a, a crisis for years, mate. It's not news, and let's not lie, that most of us messed up people in our 20s is because they failed us as teenagers, everyone. Patients and staff have, have shouted for reform, but the government and the big paid bosses don't care. And yes, I realise this is slightly edging into politics, but when you're dealing with the public sector you've got no one else to blame but the government basically and this is a complete lie right though clinical psychologists service users everyone has been screaming about this for years now and i have no idea why this is a top story to be honest we know this is happening everyone knows that 
the NHS is basically on its knees and that no one's actually getting like seen to and that these problems would only get worse so yes uh, i completely agree i'm not sure why this is a top story i'm glad it is don't get me wrong but as uh, for the sake of the nhs we need action we really do need action and also the point here about uh, that if you get failed as a teenager and then you're technically messed up in your 20s of course, I don't agree with the term mess up, but I understand it. But the entire point of this is that it just explains why CAM services are so important. And this is why we need to help children and adolescents to have good mental health, develop um, adaptive uh, coping strategies that help them to live like successful, happy lives without suffering from psychological de-stress. And this is one more. No, actually, because I did see another one, but I didn't comment on it, and I didn't like it because it was it was a very angry service use, uh, which I completely understand. But I didn't want to comment on like that one. But if you did want to see a really good like thread on this, then I do recommend Lisa Shambrook because she's got a really good like thread though on the entire like the entire cams situation. Because what her top thread says in a pond camp thread, hundreds of thousands of, uh, of the children and teens are being turned away by cams because they don't meet the threshold for help. Two believable attempts on their lives. Having egg experienced cams, I'm sadly not surprised. And two believable attempts. Like, what is a believable attempt? attempt that it's filmed that it's photographed or that you've seen the type which of course has so many problems in itself so and so as i said this makes very difficult reading but i'm, but I'm not surprised given that what i've covered on this podcast and i've heard from other professionals so the entire point of this other sort of like psychology news section is to show you what is happening why this is really bad and i don't know really i just i just want everyone to be like aware of this and why we really have got to take action not only for the sake of the nhs if you're in like the uk but for the sake of the children and adolescents all over the world regardless of the country that you're in because their mental health is really really important so I hope you enjoy the psychology news section. So let's move on to the person update. So uh, moving on to the person update. So I'm going to keep this like very short because I've not been up to too many interesting things though. Like as far as um, psychology is uh, concerned, concerned though, but better this week, I really am looking forward to going to the Tower of London as a very late Christmas present, and then there's tons of other stuff like going on though. So I am busy, none of it's psychology related, that I'm actually not going to talk about it like, too much. And as always, I always love to hear your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. So you can always email me, connorwiley.net. You can always leave this sh- comment on the show notes at connorwiley.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at sci-fi or leave a comment on the Facebook post at Wiley psychology author. I always love to hear from all of you because it really helps make the podcast feel more like a conversation. 
and also feel free to send me pictures of the way you like listening from that I do enjoy like seeing. And today's episode has been sponsored by Clinical Psychology Reflections Volume 3. So personally, I absolutely love this book. I absolutely love this series because let's face it, um, there's only so much time in a lecture theatre and in like a textbooks and so many people don't really talk about the other extra stuff that goes on in like clinical psychology and some of the debates that are really in a important debate but they haven't quite edged into the controversialness enough I've really acquired for textbooks and some other business pieces that were so that's why I really love like these reflective books because because they actually give me a chance that I to actually like reflect on different things that happen in like clinical psychology and all of them are like fact based um, reflections and evidence based form uh, yeah like based uh, so these aren't just me like making up random facts so this is all evidence based. Uh, First up with a, a good dose of my own a like opinion, egg experience, and tons of other stuff that I really enjoy though. And I have to admit, volume three absolutely has to be the best book of the series so far because we really do explore these uh, topics in a lot of like great, really fascinating depth, and some of the topics are just uh, brilliant. So if you're interested in like learning more about clinical psychology, then I absolutely recommend that you pick up this uh, brilliant book. So that's Clinical Psychology Reflections, Volume 3, available from all major ebook retailers, and you can order the paperback and the hardback version from Amazon, your local bookstore or local library if you request it. And you can also buy the ebook directly from me at payhip.com forward slash Connor Whiteley. And buying the books helps us to support the, the website and the podcast costs. But my time is sponsored by my patrons. And Patreon is a great way to support the podcast because it means that you enjoy the podcast and you will want it to continue. Plus, you also get tons of other great benefits like early access, rewards, and and I'm actually going to start talking about a lot more to patrons just so they become a, a bit more in the, in the direction of the podcast. So if you wanted to see the podcast on like a patron, then please go to patreon.com forward slash Whiteley link in the podcast description and you can see you put the podcast for a few pounds euros dollars a month or worth the way up to 15 dollars if you're feeling extra generous so that's enough for the personal update let's move on to the content part of today's episode so we're moving on to the content part of today's episode so we're going to be talking about supporting psychologists with lived tech experiences. And it's just as it is like, heads up, um, heads up, wherever the inspiration behind this um, reflection actually came from the Psychologist magazine by the British Psychological Society, which is basically all of you know by now, I have a terrible relationship with actually reading it. Like I actually got... Um, the May 2023 edition like today I counted how many back issues I've got 
I've got nine back issues now, including the one that I got today. I'm thinking, Connor, you've got to read them more. You've actually got to make an effort. Because I've had two this month, but then I sort of fell off the bandwagon. <laughs> okay, then. So let's dive into it. Supporting psychologists with lived experiences. In this article, it was written by a female psychologist that was the oppressed if that memory serves, and she mentioned a lack of support within the psychology community for her, citing that people were even moaning at her for going out to see her general practitioner, um, local doctor for the international audience first. Now, I feel that this is a critical topic to be effect on, because here we have a clinical psychologist that is being moaned at for doing the exact same thing that our clients have to go through. Therefore, there are three aspects I actually want to be effect on here. Firstly, there is immense value of having therapists and psychologists with lived experiences since the problem, I say in air quotes, in uh, clinical psychology is that we can all read all the books that we want, go to all the courses and listen to all the different experts on the different mental health conditions. But at the end of the day, unless we have had personal experience with the condition, then our knowledge is limited. That's the truth. It's why I already firmly believe in Asaminka that a, a clinical psychology lecturer wants a set. You are the expert in a, psych in a psychological knowledge and theory. The, the client is the expert in it themselves. And absolutely nothing is uh, truer in a clinical psychology for this simple reason alone. We will never fully understand our clients, their struggles and their mental health difficulties unless, unless we've had them ourselves. Of course, the vast majority of us will never have any of these conditions, thankfully, but it does slightly limit our insight in these conditions. Therefore, when a psychologist or a therapist comes along with lived experiences, then they are then they should be supported like everyone else in our profession. They shouldn't be condemned or discouraged from the profession because they are the subset of a therapist that we really need. They will make some of our clients feel so much more relaxed, not only because they will show whether you can live with the mental health condition and thrive, but also you can thrive so much that you can get a brilliant, highly paid job, completely helping the client to combat any myths about how messed up and doomed to fail they are. Therefore, these therapists and psychologists must be appreciated for what only they can bring to the table of our profession. Just like how are you are the only person that can bring your unique characteristics and talents to the profession. Moaning at following the system. To be honest, this is my true problem with this article and what this psychologist egg experienced. Because I cannot understand for the life of me why we are moaning at the person who is suffering and and experiencing their struggles just like because they did what our other clients have to do. 
as well as for our international audience in uh, the UK, because we thankfully have a free healthcare system, and I must caveat that like nowadays, it's saying that uh, um, at the time of writing, because we probably won't in the future, we uh, don't have to pay for our psychotherapy unless we go private. Therefore, if we're experiencing a mental health difficulty, we have to go um, to our local medical doctor, GP, talk to them, and then they refer us to our mental health services. I'm not going to go into the details and the length of time that this referral takes, because that takes years, but I cannot believe that fellow psychologists were criticising this woman because she went to speak to, to a medical doctor first. Let me just say this, there is no other way in the UK to access psychological services. You have to go through medical professionals first that basically know nothing about psychology. <laughs> Again, it's just a little silly detail. If you want a public healthcare, you will have to follow this procedure and a route. I've not come across anything else that's different. So why are we criticising someone for doing what everyone else has to do? It simply makes no sense. What I think is actually happening here you know, is that these are criticising people are taking out their own frustrations on a peer who is struggling with a condition. Now I fully admit I understand and I support the frustration wholeheartedly. I think it is ridiculous that clients who are not suffering from medical and biological conditions have to see a medical doctor first. I fully support the idea of a client being able to reach out to psychological services first because we understand psychological difficulties at a deep level. Medical doctors do not. Just like how psychology doctors do not have a deep understanding of medical problems. However, what I will never understand is how psychologists can take out their frustration on one of their peers. That is flat out outrageous and as a profession, that is something we cannot tolerate and stand for. Finally, in that we should run that frustration towards the decision makers and the policy makers that prevent people from reaching out to mental health services themselves. Therefore, to end this reflection, we must remember that as frustrating as the current system is, it is our job to always support our colleagues if they are struggling and, and they follow the current system because they must probably are not the person running the current system. They are a person struggling who needs psychological help. And if you really want to look at it from the system for your perspective, our colleague is a victim of the current system and we should never ever blame the victim. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and you got something out of it. I know that I did. Personally, I love these reflection books. I do sort of have to limit myself to one of these reflection books a year because I love them so much and to be honest I could do tons more. So I really enjoy it and that passion really does come through. So if you know anyone who will enjoy today's episode then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help us with the words I hear about the podcast. And definitely check out 
clinical psychology reflections volume 3 available in all the usual places and you can buy the ebook directly from me at payhip.com forward slash con wiley and if you wanted to provide the podcast with some monthly support then you can support me on a patron at patreon.com forward slash the psychology world podcast so have a great day everyone and i'll see you next time Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. Please remember to like the video and subscribe to the the YouTube channel and follow the podcast on your favourite podcast app. And if you wanted to learn more, then please check out the backlist of the podcast episodes or my books at conwhiteley.net. So have a great day and I'll see you next time.